Well, can I encourage you please to take a Bible and open with me to Acts chapter 5, and it's on page 1098. We're going to read from Acts chapter 5, verse 42, through to chapter 6, verse 7. So please do take a Bible and open up with me there. Uh, we're continuing our series in Acts. If you've been with us before Christmas, you'll know that we'd started it a, a couple of months ago. So Acts starts off with Jesus giving his disciples this big job. They're to go into all the world and to be his witnesses. But they don't go alone. The Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit empowers them for this mission. And they go out and they start telling people the good news about Jesus. And as people hear the good news, they come to faith in Christ. And the church, it begins to grow in Jerusalem. But the religious leaders of the day, do you remember they don't like this? Uh, and they tell the apostles, be quiet. Stop talking about Jesus. And the apostles say, sorry, but we have to please God and not you. And so they continue to, to tell people about Jesus. And the church pray and the word of God, it, it continues to spread and have a great impact. And so this morning we're, we're picking up in Acts chapter 5, just the last verse and through to, to 6 uh, verse 7. And very often if people are doing a series on Acts, um, this is one of the parts that they can kind of miss out because it doesn't seem very exciting um, but this morning, we're going to look at it as we begin a new year as Ravenhill Presbyterian. So let's read from God's word. Verse 42 of Acts 5. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Paramenaeus, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Let's pray as we come to look at this part of the Bible together. Father, we give you thanks that all Scripture has been breathed out by you. And that all Scripture is useful to us as individual Christians. And also useful to us as your church. And so we pray this morning that as we look at this part of the Bible together, that you'd speak to us as a congregation this morning and that this would be a word for this season. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So yesterday was New Year's Day. On Friday night, the, the calendar changed and we moved from 2021 into 2022. And I wonder, as you set out on the new year, as you look ahead to 2022, I wonder, do you have any aims or do you have any expectations for the year ahead? 
I wonder, do you have any aims this morning, something that you're planning to do that you want to do in the next year? Or I wonder, do you have any expectations, things that you expect to happen to you? Maybe this morning you're here and maybe you aim to learn a new instrument. Maybe learn to play the guitar or the flute. Maybe you have an aim to learn an instrument in the coming year. Or maybe you have an aim to get really fit and really healthy in the next year. Or maybe you're aiming to read the Bible in a year. Or maybe you're aiming to develop your prayer life in the next year. I wonder what your aims are, if any, for the coming year. And what about expectations? I wonder what you expect to happen in the next year. Maybe some of you are on a waiting list for an operation. You're expecting to get the good news that it's time, it's finally time for that operation to come up. Maybe you're in a relationship and you're expecting that relationship to go deeper in the next year. Maybe you're in a job or you're expecting to get a promotion in the next year. What are your expectations for the next year? I think as we begin a new year, many of us have aims and many of us have expectations. But what about us as a church? What about us as Ravenhill Presbyterian Church in 2022? Do we have any aims? Do we have any expectations? Well, this morning as we look at this passage, we're going to see a number of things that characterize the early church. And as we look at these things, my hope is that they give us some aims and expectations for the coming year. And the first thing that we see this morning with this passage is, is one of the things that the early church were doing, and they were doing it constantly. They never stopped doing it. What were they doing? They were telling people the great, fantastic, wonderful news about Jesus. Have a look at it with me at 5 verse 42. Look what it says there. It says there that day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. The early church, they were going into the temple courts, the, the place where ideas were shared, the place where the religious people were, and they were going into that place day by day, and they were telling people about Jesus. But they weren't just doing it there. Look where else they were doing it. They were going from house to house. As they went to have lunch with somebody who wasn't a Christian, they, they couldn't help but share the good news with them. As they went to work, as they went to the different places, the Christians, the church, the early church, it says, look at it, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news. Always sharing the good news. I think this would be a wonderful aim for us, wouldn't it, as a church in the next year? That we're a church who in the next year don't stop telling people about Jesus, but keep telling people about Christ. I think that we're a church who, who have an evangelistic heart. I think if you were to cut us open and do a, a heart dissection, I think that at our heart level, we're a church who want to tell people about Jesus. We, we have that heart, don't we? We want people to know the good news. But sometimes in churches, there can be a heart for evangelism, but it never really moves outside of the heart and into the hands and into the mouths. In some churches, the, the evangelistic heart just stays inside, but it never actually moves out. And it never actually gets into people's lives 
or into people's ears and tells them the good news. Well, this year in 2022, wouldn't it be a great aim if our aim was not just to have an evangelistic heart, but to have hands and to have feet and to have mouths which displayed and proclaimed the good news of Jesus. Now, I think we are doing that. I think we are a church that is beginning to reach people with the gospel. But I'd love it that if if our aim could become to be more of this, to become better at this, to become equipped in this, that we could be a church who never stopped telling people the good news about Jesus. I think that is a, a great first aim, and that is the practice of the early church. Now let's move on to an expectation. Um, I don't know if you have any expectations when it comes to church. Um, maybe expect it to be a bit warmer than this morning. I think that's a fair enough expectation. But what are your expectations when it comes to the life of the church? What are the things that you're expecting? Some of you maybe are here and you expect an awful lot. <laughs> and we as a church, we, we don't deliver. But I imagine that you're maybe here this morning and you don't expect an awful lot. Maybe you don't expect very much to happen in our little church, Ravenhill Presbyterian. But I think there is a, a biblical and good expectation that we should have for the coming year. And it is an expectation that we should grow. I hope that at the end of 2022, we've seen people come to faith in Christ from this community and now belong to our church family. I would hope that by the end of 2022, that the Christians who've moved into this area have decided to make us their church family. I think as a church, we should be expecting to grow in number. This is what happened, isn't it, in the early church? Again, have a look with me at the passage. Have a look with me at 6 verse 1. Look what it says, the first verse. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing. In the early church, they were increasing in number. They were a church that was constantly growing, where people were constantly being added. And I think that we should have that expectation in 2022 as Ravenhill. And I think that we should pray that God would continue to add to our number. This morning we're a bit low on the ground. It's the beginning of the year. There's not as many of us here this morning as there might have been a few weeks ago before Christmas. But there has been a wonderful growth in number here, hasn't there? It's been wonderful to have people come to faith in Christ and belong here. It's been wonderful to have new people join us and, and serve here and get involved here. It's been wonderful. And I think we should expect that to continue in the coming year. And I think it's something we should be praying for. Let's expect that in the year to come. Let's move on now to another need. Sometimes I think whenever we think of the book of Acts and we think of the early church, we, we kind of think of them as being kind of evangelism machines. You know, from the whole way through Acts, we hear that they were out sharing the gospel. We hear they were out proclaiming good news about Jesus. We hear about their evangelism the whole way through the book, and it's brilliant. But you know, they weren't just a church. 
who were a church of word only. The early church were also a church who did good deeds. The early church were also a church who helped people in need. And again, if you have a look at the passage with me, you'll see that. Now, if you have a look with me in verse 1, you see there's a problem, and we'll get on to the problem in a minute, but we can read it. Look, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews, we'll get on to that in a minute, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now just look at that last part of the verse. They were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. You see, the early church here in Acts in Jerusalem, they weren't just the church that was telling people about Jesus. They were a church that was helping needy people. There was some operation going on here. There was a daily distribution of food. Here at Ravenhill, we do a distribution of food on a Friday morning. And let me tell you, it's some operation. There's a team of people, they go to Tesco on a Thursday night after 8 o'clock and they collect the food and they bring it down here. Then there's people who set the food up out at the front. Then there's some students come and set up tea and coffee and we meet with people in need and we talk with them and we give them food and we encourage them and we pray for them and we share the gospel with them if we can. And then the food is left out for the rest of the day. And then in the evening or late afternoon, there, there's another team of people who come and they pack away the food that's any left and they take it to the welcome organization if there's any left and they pack away the tables and they pack away the gazebo. Now, that's a, a small operation, but there's a lot of work in it. There's a lot of work in it. But here in the early church, this very first community of Christians we're told that they had a daily distribution of food. Every day, they were giving food to needy people. And the people we see in the passage in particular that they're helping, they're the widows. They're those with no family to support them. They're those who are in desperate need. And the church, they, they step up to the plate and they help these people in need. Now, do you recognize this morning, this is in the days before social services. This is in the days before free health care. This is in the days before government support. This is at a time where everyone was just fending for themselves. And it was really up to the church to step up to the plate and to help the needy. But I do think that we as a church should continue to aim to help people in need in the coming year. If someone comes in into this congregation from the community and they're a single mother or they're a widow or they're an orphan and they need help, I think we have to work out how to help them. If we're approached by an asylum seeker, which is very likely to happen, or, or someone who's a refugee who needs help, we as the church, I think we need to respond. I don't know if you know this, but, but throughout the whole Old Testament, it seems that God has a special place in his heart for the poor and the needy. Even written into the law of Moses, there were laws in place that meant that God's people were bound and had to help the sojourners, the asylum seekers, and, and they had to help the widows and the orphans and those in need. 
And in the coming year, in 2022, wouldn't it be wonderful if we were a church that at the end of the year could say we helped more people this year than we did the year before? That would be a good aim for 2022, wouldn't it? And we must balance it out. There are some churches and they they only help the needy and they don't proclaim the gospel. That's a problem. And there are some churches and they only proclaim the gospel and they don't help anybody. So we need to be a church that, that holds both of these in this balance where we share the good news and we share the word of God but also help those who are in need. And in this passage, the need is actually internal, isn't it? The widows who are getting help are are inside the church. And so maybe our helping those in need should be improved this year, not just out there, but also in here. Wouldn't it be great if at the end of 2022, we could say that we've got better at helping each other within our own church family? Let's move on to our next one. I, I like having expectations, especially good ones, but maybe you're here this morning and as, as you look out to 2022, maybe you don't have particularly good expectations. Maybe you're here this morning and your expectations for the year ahead are that your health is going to get worse. Or that your relationship with someone is going to drift even further than it is now. Maybe you're here this morning and that's your expectation and it's not a good one. But on the flip side, if you have those realistic and expectations of bad things coming, you can prepare for them, you can be ready for them. You can be ready to address them and and face them head on. And I think from this passage, one of the things that we can expect as a church is this. We can expect Satan to attack us and Satan to try to distract us. I think we can expect this in the coming year. And the reason I say that is because I think that's what's happening here in this kind of tension that's growing in the Charlie Church. I think this disunity that's brewing here in Acts chapter 6, I think this is is the work of, of the devil, of the evil one who wants to oppose and destroy the work of God in the world. Let's just have a look and see what's happening there and then we'll, we'll talk about why I think that's perhaps of the devil and not just some people falling out. If you have a look at verse 1, the second half of it, what you'll see there is that there's one group in the church complaining against another group. Have a look with me. The Grecian Jews among them, that's the Grecian Jews among the church, complained against the Hebraic Jews in the church because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now, the, what you have to, I have to explain these two groups first of all. The two groups, the Grecian Jews, basically they are people who were not from Jerusalem. Okay, so they're from different countries or different parts uh, of Israel. They're not from Jerusalem. Okay, and they've moved to Jerusalem and they've become part of the local church. They're kind of like immigrants. They're asylum seekers. They're refugees. They're people who are not from here. And they have joined the church. And the thing that makes them know they're not from here is they don't speak Hebrew. They only speak Greek or the languages from the places that they're from. So they're immigrants. They're asylum seekers. They're foreigners. And they belong to this church in Jerusalem. 
And then you've got the Hebraic Jews. They're from Jerusalem. They're homegrown people. They're the people who've been born and bred in the place. If it was Belfast, they're the people from the east. And everyone else, they're the Bluins. They're the Grecians. They're the Bluins. And you have these two groups of people in the local church. They've come to faith in Christ. But now there's accusations flying. The immigrants, the asylum seekers, the Grecian Jews, they're saying, listen, you're overlooking our widows. You're not feeding them properly. You're you're giving your own widows preferential treatment. You're not treating them right. And the tension, the problems, they're starting to grow. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? It's not the widows saying this. (laughs) The widows aren't complaining. It's the others. Were the widows really being overlooked? Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe this was just a perception. Maybe this was just something that they got in their heads. Maybe they just felt like victims. Maybe they felt like outsiders in the church and just wanted to take it out on the Hebraic Jews. But this tension and this problem arises and there's complaining and there's grumbling and there's opposition. And I think this I think this was a work of the evil one. Do you remember earlier on in Acts? The the religious leaders tried to stop them doing the mission of the church by telling them to be quiet. There was opposition trying to get them off track, trying to get them to be quiet. Well, I think this is the enemy stirring up trouble within in order to distract them and to take them away from completing their mission. Kent Hughes is a very experienced pastor in the USA. I think he's been a pastor for 40 years. Uh, And he, when he's writing about this passage, he he writes this, and I think it's very important for us to, to pick up on. The first bit is his comment on what's happening in the passage and and his second is his comment on what can happen in the church. He says this, Satan, unhappy about God's successes, sowed a spirit of murmuring and gossip among God's people, hoping to set believer against believer. So that's what he's saying happened here in Acts chapter 6. But then he goes on and says this, Countless works for God have been destroyed in this way. God blesses a work. Souls come to Christ. The church reaches its community. Missionaries are sent out. Then someone complains that he or she is not appreciated or is being neglected. Perhaps this comes in the form of a critical glance, a name forgotten, a social gaffe, or some imagined offense. Bitter dissension ignites and spreads, and the whole work goes up in flames. May God protect us from this in the coming year. We've seen some of those things that Kent Hughes was talking about. We're reaching the community. We're seeing souls saved. We're seeing the church built up. And Satan doesn't like it. And in this coming year, we must be wary and on guard for his attacks. We must be careful in our thinking and our speaking. We must be wary. 
Let's not let the enemy have a foothold in this place. But let's be gracious and let's work together. Now, this was a problem. There's no doubt about it. This was a problem. I'm not saying that, that the church here, they just sort of brushed it under the carpet. Oh, it's just an attack of Satan. You know, we don't need to do anything about it. They didn't do that. No, they didn't. They, they took it very seriously and they went and they dealt with the problem, didn't they? They dealt with it. The apostles got together and they said, how are we going to deal with it? And they came up with a plan and they dealt with the problem, whether it was real or perceived, it doesn't matter. They dealt with the problem. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because they dealt with it in a way that didn't distract them from the mission. You see, if Satan here in Acts chapter 6, if he wasn't trying to destroy the church, I think he was certainly trying to distract them. Let's get the preachers and the missionaries to focus internally. Let's get them focused on this problem. Let's get them to look inward and then they'll stop looking outward. And again, that is another tactic of the enemy. In this year, maybe he will tempt us to become so inward looking we, we forget to look out. Let's not let him do that. Let's continue to look out. Let's not get distracted from what we're meant to be doing. Let's move on to the final aim for 2022 that I think we should have from this passage. And the final aim is this. I think we should aim to be a community where everyone aims to play their part. One of the things that I love about this passage and how they deal with it is that they get other people involved. The problem is brought to the apostles. Here, guys, here's what's happening. Here's this big problem. And what do the apostles do? They gather the disciples together. They gather the church together and they talk about how to solve the issue. And the resolution is made. Well, listen, the apostles, we're going to get on with preaching and evangelizing. And we want you then to pick up men from the church who are going to deal with this problem and, and serve the tables and serve the widows and sort this out. And so the congregation do, they, they pick the Magnificent Seven <laughs> and the Magnificent Seven get up and they're commissioned and they're prayed for and they go and they get on with doing this distribution of food and making sure everything is okay. But in the early church, everyone had a part to play. Everyone was involved in the ministry of the church. And that's a brilliant aim, isn't it? I think as a church family. Imagine at the end of 2022, everyone was involved in some way in serving God. Maybe some of you here this morning are sensing a call to serve God by preaching the word or by teaching the word of God. Well, if you sense that, if that's you, have a conversation with me about that. If you're sensing a call to preaching or to, to sharing the Bible or, or to, sharing, to serving God through sharing his word or in evangelism, if you feel called to a ministry of word, speak to me. Because it's important that we, we develop that or we, 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 we explore that. But maybe you're here this morning and you sense a call to, to a work indeed 
to be involved in serving, to working behind the scenes, to, to doing things. Maybe you're someone who word isn't so much your strong point, but doing, you're good at that and you want to do that and you want to serve God with your hands. Well, again, if, if that's you, there are so many opportunities here in this place. I feel like we're just evolving as a church that God is opening door after door after door and there's so many things to be done. And so many of these things, they, they require hands and feet. And if that's you this morning, if you sense a call to be involved in deeds, in doing stuff, in serving with your hands, speak to me. Or maybe you're here this morning and, and you just sense that God is calling you to serve him by praying, by really beginning to pray. Maybe you're stirred to pray. I think it's interesting what the apostles say. They say, it would be wrong for us to neglect the ministry of prayer and the word. The ministry of prayer is vitally important. And maybe you're here this morning and, and maybe you sense that's your calling in this coming year. To serve the church by praying for her and for her growth and her health and her strength and her ministries. This morning, I want to encourage you in 2022 to play your part in the life of this church. The church is, some people, they think of it kind of like a hotel. You know, a place where you come and, and you get something out of and, you know, you enjoy and then you leave. But, but the church, it's meant to be more like a family camping trip. <laughs> you come and, and it's good and it's fun and, and you get involved and there's things to do, but it's hard work sometimes and it's stressful at times, but everyone's got to play a part in the camping trip to make it happen. Will you get involved? Will you serve in word, in deed, or in prayer? Great aims, great expectations. Let's pray and commit them to God. Lord God, you know the plans you have for us as a church. And we have great expectations for the year ahead. But Lord, we recognize that these expectations will only be fulfilled if they are your will. And so, Lord, at the beginning of 2022, we ask for your leading and your guidance. We, we thank you for how we've sensed your leading in the past, and we pray that as we go into this year that we'd sense it in the future. Resource us, equip us, lead us and guide us for the glory of Jesus and for the upbuilding of his kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name.